0: on 1116 SEN, the award-winning crunch time. Find your kind of value at Honda with offers across a range of vehicles. See Honda.com.au and the TAC safety barriers reduce fatalities by approximately 85%. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero.
1: Chance for, oh, the Blues to repel, but a drop ball. Gonna, well, they
0: may tidy up through Turno. He goes oh. latsly across the ground. <laughs> oh, Ed, what have you done? 42 metres. Delightful. Nunes has his first. Ball swung into O'Brien. A hand pass to Daisy. Come on! Good goal. Daisy loves it. Blues forwards are playing very
2: high, leaving a lot of space behind.
3: Oh, oh, Brilliantly taken by Billings, who storms into goal after sharking the tap from Marshall, And he puts it through for his first.
0: And that's... Three out of three in this quarter for the Saints. Danger signs now. Carlton are desperate to pick a goal. There's no doubting that, but the game is petering out now. Oh, not another goal for stoppage. That was unbelievable. Billings again. He just picked it up with little Jack and he snapped and made no mistake about it. And that's exactly what Carlton did not want. They had their opportunity at the other end of the ground couldn't take advantage of it she so killed it straight down the other end and they've made them pay he hands it off to Webster to stephen stand bang 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 <laughs> bang 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 you're dead another yeah. goal
4: mark taken by kennedy on the siren and that will be all she wrote the saints get another win on a tough season they get to be in front of the Blues by 64 points on the
5: siren. I thought from the first bounce, our hunt was really strong. I thought the guys relentless in terms of getting after the opposition. Uh, Blues were pretty keen to to attack and get the ball back through the middle and go quick. And I thought our pressure was as strong as it's been for four quarters for a while. We're pretty good a couple of weeks ago against the demons but that was um, you know that was really pleasing.
4: The Saints are finishing the season strongly, so how much change do they really need to get back in the hunt for finals in 2019? The coach, Alan Richardson, will be our headline guest.
6: If there was a real simple answer, we'd love to just sprinkle some fairy dust over it all, but we know in this caper it's not that. Our fundamental skill areas we've got to continue to work at. We'll train them really hard. They hurt us today. The intent was to use and share the ball, but probably took it a bit too far and overdid it. We're just going to keep fighting in that space. Fundamental skills. Talked about the pressure. That's aspirational. We're not being who we want to be in terms of providing enough pressure on the opposition. So we're going to continue to work at it.
2: We've got to review the positions of the lift manager We've got to review the coach, and we've either got to support them with somebody who can actually play an AFL standard game so that we don't turn up week in, week out and cop this rubbish, because that's what it is, or they've got to go, mate. I'm over, you know, we've got injuries. We're we're young, we're this, we're that. Mate, we're getting belted by ten goals a week, and it looks ugly.
4: After another hammering, it's a bleak outlook for the Blues. He doesn't have a magic wand, but do the fans have the faith to stay the journey with Brendan Bolton?
1: My is coming to an end and, and I'm going to call it a, a day when he's just better. This year's
6: obviously been tough for a few different reasons but my confidence never wavered in what we're capable of achieving. I love the direction this club's heading.
0: It makes no sense. Why would you have the, the number of teams that we have yet play 22 rounds? It's farcical.
3: 98,000 members is huge. I'm so pumped to be signed on until the
7: end of 2021. I think top four's probably a little bit of a stretch just mathematically but I've got to stop saying it because I've said it enough but the team that is playing really really well towards the end of the year could win it from anywhere.
4: There's footy issues on and off the field everywhere. Hawks president Jeff Kennett will be with us from here in Launceston with Tassie Footy and Clarko on the agenda. And in the crunch, we look at who's going to get the big money now that Rory Sloan is staying. Ask if the media is too harsh on AFL players. With an eye on two huge Sunday games, we discuss who's the most vulnerable in the fight for the top eight and the top four. It's another huge edition of Crunch Time for Honda. Find your kind of value in Honda with offers across a range of vehicles. See honda.com.au And safety barriers reduce fatalities by approximately 85%. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. Ah, that music gets you up every Saturday morning Unless maybe you're a Carlton supporter where you might need a little bit of extra motivation. If you are a Carlton supporter, 9429 1116, We're going to go straight to your calls off the top of Crunch Time this morning. We bring you the show today from two places, as is quite regular. We're down at Tassie where the sun is shining. It's a beautiful morning and will be a lovely afternoon for Hawthorne and Brisbane. I'm here with Bob Murphy. Welcome, Bob. Hello, hello. How, how are you, mate? I'm good. Yeah, good. Uh, been through Thursday night footy, been through Friday night <laughs> footy, and I'm, I'm really eager to see Brisbane again. I've done a bit of them lately, and whether they can challenge Hawthorne, Hawthorne, or one of these sides that there's still some question marks over, but they've, they've got a, a decent run uh, into the finals. So uh, we'll see them, but a lot to talk about for last night.
3: Yeah, no, oh, a lot to talk about last night. Um, there was a sort of macabre build-up for the, for the game last night, um, and in that sense, it. it it didn't disappoint, which is a you know funny thing to say because it was such a one-sided, one-sided game. But um, there was a sense of you know if whoever lost, how did they lose? And and for the Blues, it was you know it was pretty pretty poor,
4: pretty numb feeling I think for all involved at Carlton. David King is with us again with Terry Wallace back in Melbourne, and they're going to help us with our analysis of last night and all the issues in footy this morning. Morning to you boys, Kingy. Uh, how would Carlton fans be thinking and how can they get a balanced view of where their club's at, do you think?
7: Uh, there's no balance. It's the day after a game, Hutto. There'll be no balance from uh, from most supporter bases, let's be honest. <laughs> um, look, I think Carlton fans, they're in that phase now where they're going to their games probably knowing they're not going to win. It's not really the the reason they're going. They want to see Patrick Cripps do what he does. They want to see Charlie Kernow put on some sort of performance. And who knows, it might be a <clears throat> a 10-goal performance from Charlie at any given Time but then then they want to see little things from those those players who are in their infancy and i I thought Zach Fisher gives you a reason to go to the footy last night. he's just going to be a star. Paddy Dow stepped out of a couple of center bounds I thought wow that's that's impressive um Is there a lot else to look at? You're not going to see someone have a thirty five possession game. you're just going to see uh one or two nice things and i think I think they'd walk away saying, okay. Mackay was a lot better, uh, a lot more competitive. Petrevski, seaton whilst he missed all pre-season, still does some things. O'Brien, get close to 20 possessions, that's a bonus. So there's little wins... Does it mean a lot to those outside of Carlton fans? Probably not.
8: Hello, boys. How are you going? Well, the first thing they can get rid of is those mauve outfits. Uh, (laughs) That that would be my number one. Uh, The navy greys. There's a
3: laundry issue.
8: Do we have a clash between (laughs) Carlton jumpers and St Kilda jumpers? I can't ever remember one before, but if there was... Why wouldn't they just have a straight white with a navy blue? It doesn't make any sense to me at Terry, all. But
7: when, you, when you've won one, week, let's get on one the ground. game, when you've Come won on, one Terry. for the year, you wear anything that's least recognisable. So that when we replay this in five years' time, you say, what
8: team was that? With those nice little patches on the, uh, the bums of the players as well. Um, on the field, no, it was a, a disaster. 36 uh, scoring shots against again. It could have actually been a lot worse. Uh, than what it it ended up. Uh, Their turnovers in the back half were deplorable at times. Uh, Their organisation around stoppage in the defensive half where they were just walk through at at times were really poor. I'm I'm sure a lot of Carlton supporters have got plenty to talk about.
4: They have indeed. I want to play, and we might even hold it to a little later, I want to play Brendan Bolton and Mark Murphy from last. I thought Bolt spoke really well after the game. It's a tough gig for him at the moment to try and explain what's going on. But let's get into the calls we asked for them. Fogs in Baldwin who's up with us first. G'day, Fog.
3: G'day, boys. How are you?
4: Good, mate. Fire away.
3: Uh, I reckon um, Carlton should not be on Friday nights for at least five years. (laughs) This side they've put up this year is probably worse than, uh, I reckon, Mark Neal's Melbourne in 2013. I mean, they're just... The skills are bad. They're fairly uncompetitive and there's not even much that just even as a neutral supporter makes you want to go, oh, I'll have a look at that. I mean, Charlie Kernow's good, but Aside from that, the midfield's pretty young and undeveloped.
2: It's just, it's painful to watch.
4: Thank you, Fog. We'll move to Alan. We'll get the boys to comment in a moment. We'll move to Alan from Frankston uh, meantime. Hi, Alan.
2: Yeah, good morning. Um, I agree with David King. The only reason I go to the footy is to watch the young guys, but he sort of commented that maybe you don't go to watch someone get 35 touches, but Patrick Cripps did exactly that last night and was uh, huge again. But the biggest thing I also watched last night for two quarters through the glasses was Mark Murphy, and I saw him sprint once. And I think the biggest issue with Carlton at the moment is at the top. We don't have a captain who's prepared to put his body on the line and lead the club anymore. And I think it's a really big issue.
4: Well, there's strong comments. I, I wow. must admit, I was looking at Mark. We spoke to Mark Murphy last night. He was he was pretty devastated by and looking for they're looking for answers and it, you know they're not they're clearly not there at the moment. But I, I'm, I couldn't help but think post-match, watching him slumped against the wall, what's he, is he thinking about the decision he's made to stay there? I know that's very really short-term thinking, but. It's hard, hard going at the moment for a leader,
3: Bob. Yeah, I think so. I, I'd be surprised if that's that's where his thoughts were going. i don't know. it's more. I'm, it's I'm more sure they that, weren't. But no, that's what that was. Yeah, like. no, I couldn't oh, no, help no, it thinking it's, a, that. it's an understandable. It's an understandable. Bob, when you're in that Junker.
8: situation, Bob, does it wear you thin after a while? I mean, you, he's been you know, really battling against it for a long time. He's battled against his own body for a period of time as well. Does it wear you down?
3: I, th- I, I no doubt it wears you down, Plough, and, and I think. Uh, Mark Murphy he he would just be hoping for that, that twilight part of his career where the green shoots that, that Brendan Bolton has talked about. There's some obvious obvious young talent there in King, you, you mentioned those names. At some stage you you'll think they'll blossom. You'd think that um the arc of Mark Murphy's week would be, you know, by Wednesday he'd be optimistic and you know, maybe this week, maybe this week's the, the week it starts. And I bumped into him actually last week. He was walking his pram and I'd just gone for a run, a pretty short run. <laughs> and we 're just sort of talking about that of you know you know sort of hanging in there, so if if it happens, it could happen pretty quick, but after a loss like last night it it would just and and straight after a lot is not probably not the best time to do your thinking Hutto, yeah, really yeah, because yeah. you 're so emotionally. Just empty, but the, the, those those the optimism of. He's actually wow, blaming em- you. He's blaming <laughs> you for staying at the moment. Well, I, no, I just think it's understandable that the optimism that you would yeah. have before each game, then it, it would just be crushed after after he's, another. He's $10. a realist though, Bob.
7: He would be a realist. He would he would walk into the ground last night saying, "You know what? We know we're outsiders. It's not." It's not really about winning and losing at the moment at Carlton. No,
3: no, no, I, I, totally, I totally agree with that, but I think, um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's other kinds of losses, and, you know, last night would have, would have deflated
4: him a bit, I think. It's a huge gap, it appears, at the moment between Carlton and probably almost any other team in the competition. Uh, that we've done Alan, I think, from Frankston, have we not? We'll move on to Darren in Mill Park. G'day, Darren. In fact, yeah. G'day, Darren. G'day, boys. How are you going? Good. Good thanks.
2: Look, at the moment, obviously, as a Carlton man, we're all hurting. But um, I just want Carlton to stay on course, to stick with Brendan Bolton. I think that eventually these green shoots that he talks about every week will start to come through. I agree with everything David King says. There's just little wins at the moment with Paddy Dow and Zach Fisher. And in regards to Mark Murphy, I don't think you can judge a captain unless you're inside the club because you just don't see what he does throughout
7: the week. I reckon that's a great call because yeah. we talked about Trent Cotchin five years ago like we are Mark Murphy now. And I don't like talking about Mark because I think he's done the right thing, the honourable thing by the club. He's staying. It could have been so tempting for him to leave and go and try and win a flag somewhere and, else. And even
8: his announcement, King, he held off for a week to let Cade Simpson have the fresh air for his 300th as well.
7: Total class. I mean, th- this is exactly why Carlton people, the genuine people at Carlton, love Mark Murphy. He loves the club. I wouldn't be assessing Mark. Mark's a finishing-type player. So he'll thrive off the back of what Cripps does. Cripps is a one-man band in the midfield at the moment. 23 contested possessions last night. Massive. I don't know where they'd be without him. But Murphy's not going to be... A ball-winning midfielder. So if that's what you're going there expecting him to be, you're wasting your time. He'll be the finisher.
8: And, boys, can I just say one thing about the coach, Brendan Bolton? Now, as much as what uh, everyone will judge Brendan on how the team's performing and and where it goes, let's not judge him on the words that come out of his mouth because he has to do press conferences. And if he changes what he's saying... Then we all come at him when he's losing for mixed mixed messages. But when he keeps going down the same path, we all sort of say, oh, we've heard all this before. It's boring. It's very, very difficult when you're in a losing environment. I've been in that situation. (laughs) I know when I go up to speak the people are going to be going, oh, here we go again. You know, you know that yourself. Brendan knows exactly that. But all he can do is stick to his message. We will still judge him on wins and losses and the development of the team and all those things. I don't think you can judge him on the performance after the match as much.
3: Boys, is the situation exacerbated by the Friday nights that they've had? That the, the first caller we had there, Hutto, yeah. was about, you know, we don't want Carlton having the first... because. Friday night footy is is amped up. It's a dip. No doubt there, there's, it is. there's there's more put on it. There's more lead up, and so, a, and
4: then there's the post on these shows on the Saturday. So
3: traditionally, a club like Carlton at this stage of their development would be would have been Sunday twilight for twelve weeks in a row. And I, I played through a, a time like that at the club where you, you're not irrelevant, but you you're very much on the you're not, on not the ra- you're, on you're the not on the radar. not on the not on the radar. So Carlton have uh, you know. Clubs, All clubs sort of want Friday nights. I wonder if this changes that aspect of footy.
7: Can, can I just touch on this, Hutto, for a second? Sure. I've never seen a list overhauled in three years like I've seen Carlton's. You look at the, the players they've moved on, they've made 40 changes to their list in three years. The next highest is the Gold Coast, who's been as much of a mess as anyone. They've turned over 34 if you go to the other end of the spectrum, you got the Dogs and St Kilda have only turned over twenty-two, so almost half of what. I mean, it's not just, it's not just a new team. There's so many new faces coming in. You, you have got okay. no cohesion, no yeah. shared experiences. You're still learning the game plan. You're still learning how to be an AFL footballer, how to be a professional. There's there's so much learning for this group to go through still. That this yeah. is still two to three years away, and they know that. So yeah, I think that, we're, we we can't – you can't you don't go to school every day and walk home with a report card.
8: And they were more experienced in their first year. And this is where people sort of say, oh, they've gone backwards. Well, have you gone backwards or have you taken a step backwards to go forwards? Uh, with the players that were winning you know, five and six games two years ago, they were probably not going to ever take them to where they wanted to get to, but they were the foot soldiers that were there that were still contracted at that stage uh, that you had to play while you were you know, getting your kids in place – I think that they knew that they were going to go backwards at yeah. some stage. So,
4: one of the problems though, Plow, is they're. St- I mean, they're still in that position, aren't they? I mean, they've still got players that they'd like to move on, but that they you know, they won't be able to move them all on to some degree uh, going forward because you've got to bring players into replacement them. do. You, bring in more young kids or do you bring in similar players that have been tried at other clubs and failed? Well, so... and
8: that, yeah, that is the $20,000 question because when you have a look at their list, and I'm not sort of saying that I've got in front of me those that are contracted or not contracted, but you could make eight changes again this year.
4: All right, quickly, Trevor from Wallen uh, is next. To talk about the Blues. Hi, Trev. Hi, welcome from sunny Wallen. How are we all? <laughs> Very good. That's good. Well, you've kind of covered a bit of what I was going to talk about with all your discussion,
5: but I was just wondering is the problem that uh, the senior players that are there aren't good enough or probably
2: bad terminology but good enough to teach the young guys?
7: Are they good enough to teach in what respect?
2: As, as in, Well if you look at last night's game um, you've got players like Ed Kerno turning over balls and Daisy turning over balls so the senior players are the ones you expect the uh, young guys to make mistakes, but it's the same you guys also making all the skill errors.
7: See, there were a couple of bad turnovers last night. Mm. Uh, to endorse your point there. The Ed Kerno switch early in the game, it just oh, was so yeah. deflating. And
3: They yeah. are deflating, aren't they, King? Oh. When you're already low on confidence and you're trying to build, you know, you're trying to put those little bricks to, to build something and then you have the direct turnover that... Ends in a in a drastic goal. It just the confidence that's not much there anyway. It just Which, gets
8: depleted. he just hit Nunez straight on the chest. Didn't yeah, it? it was a shocker.
4: Tom from Frankston. Before we take a break and speak to Richard. G'day, Tom.
2: Oh, g'day, fellas. Love the program. The, the poor old Blues remind me of a mouse on a treadmill. A treadmill, but the mouse normally doesn't go backwards. Um, Look, the the, the 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 situation of Brendan Bolton's welfare I'm concerned about because the more this goes on, I know they're in a world of pain, but the more this goes on, Brendan Bolton, if there isn't a turnaround quick, is going to be damaged goods. He came from a very successful club. If if He must be seriously thinking about stepping down, but either at the end of the year or not, because if he doesn't, he won't be picked up by anyone else, and I think he's got a lot to offer. I feel for the bloke. I feel for him. But he accepted a poison chalice, and even even if they did a recruiting strategy and get priority picks, we're talking about three to five years of a rebuild, is he really going to be there that long? And I just feel he's got a lot to offer. I'd step down while he still could. I know it sounds a bit dramatic, but otherwise he he, he will be unemployable, and it's, it's very unfair.
8: I don't think he'll be unemployable. I mean, I think the industry knows well enough what a good teacher he is. I saw him firsthand because my son was actually playing at Box Hill, and I used to go down and sort of see them quite regularly. And I thought he was... Um, an absolutely sensational organiser and a, a teacher. Now, whether that comes through at senior level and he, he gets, the, gets the job done, he won't step down. There's no uh, way known that that will be happening. But I think the industry would pick him back up because I think he's easily good enough if that be the case. We don't know how his lot's going to play out. You know, we all hope that it, uh, it turns around and he gets how a bracket. often?
7: How often, Terry, does he need to win? How, how many How many weeks can he go without a victory? I mean, we're saying two of the last 26 How regularly does he just need to just keep the Wolves from the door? It's next year, isn't
4: it, really? Yeah,
8: well, around that five and six keeps the Wolves at at bay. When you're talking about ones and twos, you're under the pump all the time.
4: Yeah. All right. We will take a break here. It's uh, 20 minutes past 11. This is Crunch Time for Honda. Find your kind of value at Honda. See honda.com.au. And the TAC, Safety Barriers Save Lives, getting us towards zero. Bob Murphy, Terry Wallace, David King, Anthony Hudson, your Crunch Time scene this Saturday morning, and Alan Richardson, the coach of St Kilda, to join us next. Later, Jeff Kenney.
8: You ready?
0: Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy.
8: Let's do doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes!
2: The brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. On 1116
0: SEM, the award-winning crunch time. Find your kind of value at Honda with offers across a range of vehicles. See honda.com.au.
4: Welcome back to the program. It is crunch time for Honda. And as you heard there, find your kind of value at Honda. Go to honda.com.au. And the TAC, Safety Barriers Save Lives, getting us towards zero. Uh, Dual hosting positions today. We're in Tassie. Beautiful day for Hawthorne and Brisbane. Bob Murphy, Anthony Hudson down here. And back in Melbourne, it's uh, David King and Terry Wallace. And the coach of the Saints has been good enough to join us. Alan Richardson. Uh, Richo, welcome uh, and thanks for joining us. It must be nice to wake up on a beautiful Saturday morning with the sun shining and your team having a win on a Friday night.
5: Yeah, no, it's a really good feeling. That, um, obviously the opposite is true too. You don't like to win on a, uh, sorry, lose on either Thursday or Friday because you're thinking about it all weekend and you're planning all weekend. But no, it'll be good to jump into to. I think I'm heading up to South Belgrave to watch the two boys play this morning and uh, no, it'll be good fun.
4: Have you felt a change in the club over the last month? Certainly, the results have been much better, and and if so, can you pinpoint what's changed? The um, the midway point of the year, which actually
5: was a week prior to the mid-season buy for us, given that we had the late buy, um, was a good opportunity to um, to really take stock and reevaluate what's working and and what's not working, and some of the stuff that was working was inconsistent. There was areas that we've been pretty strong on for a while now, such as, you know, hunting the opposition and, you know, tackling with real ferocity and that's reflected in the pressure number often. Uh, you know, wasn't where it needed to be and mentioned last night um, in the press that uh, the players have really driven that strongly, led by Geary and and whilst we've still been a little bit inconsistent in that time you're referring to, you know, the last month it's been much better and it's given out, you know, we've had opportunities to, to have good results. Even the Port game, I think was 20 points 10 minutes into the last and we were coming pretty strong. It's, um, no, I think the guys you know, certainly should take some credit for the fact that they've, they've really driven the real physical part of the game.
4: Can I take you back to near the start of the season when you lost to North Melbourne and what was a pretty ordinary game and obviously your team's performance was was well below expectations both internally and externally. Do you think that had a a shattering, maybe even was over overblown, because North turned out to be a pretty decent team this year and obviously contending for top eight. Did, did that sort of rock you a little bit?
5: Yeah, I reckon it did. Uh, yeah, I've been on record as saying that. Um, and, and I think I probably, you know, in, in hindsight, um, overplayed that. The reality was North Melbourne were way too good for us. Um, same, Like a lot of our games, we've been in the games, the that was a pretty scrappy game. I don't whether really you remember it. It was a, it was eleven points at three quarter time, and then they, you know, they powered away late when we adjusted a few things, trying to win the game, trying, you know, trying to get back in front. Um, and, and that can happen, not to that extent. I think that ended up high forty points. Um, but yeah, I reckon I reckon that took us a while to recover from. I think that um, you know, and that's you know, I'm disappointed even in my own performance there that we weren't able to get the boys back on track earlier. And then, uh, and then from probably the Collingwood game, we you know we had Collingwood in that in that block of games. I think it was Collingwood, Richmond, West Coast, uh, Sydney. Sydney first quarter was poor, and then. But but other than that, we've been really really competitive with a team that was probably chasing the tail. Not only in terms of um, you know win loss, but certainly um, you know we're, we're getting a little bit banged up then. But that's but that's been exciting. You know, Brucey doesn't play, so Josh Battle gets an opportunity. He goes out. And Rowan Marshall gets an opportunity, you know. But certainly with Paddy going out, so so that has been the real silver lining on um, on what's been a you know a disappointing season today.
3: Richo Bob here. Congratulations on a, on a great win last night. Um, and I mean you've put together you know undoubtedly a great month of footy. Is it? Did you, did you mind? Ever allow itself just to drift to the to the final moments of the Gold Coast game, and and just think about the sliding doors of if you know, if that if that shot misses or if it goes through, because it's 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 been it's sort of released the pressure valve that moment.
5: Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it, Murph? It, um, there's no doubt it, it can be a game of inches. Um, not really. Um, my I get asked a lot about you know when the when the media goes after you as the coach. Um, and that tends to happen. You know, they'll go after the team, they'll go after the team. If the team doesn't start to, um, respond, then they go, you know, the media will go after the coach. And you know, I think that's probably understandable. I've never really focused on me. My, all my moments of, um, of thought, uh, or sometimes even despair have been about the performance of the team. How can I get these blokes going again? You know, what, what is, why are we not where we should be? And, um, that's that's been um, they've been the thoughts that have kept me awake at night and and not I'm, I'm probably lucky like that not not so much about me or my tenure it's been about it's been about the team and that's why the, the last month I'm really proud of what um, of what the players have done you can get yourself in quicksand or on a treadmill when things aren't going well and the season's coming to a coming to a close and you just you know just trying to get to the line but they haven't they certainly haven't played that way that's as you know, we know Carlton have got some issues with their own team at the minute, but um, that's as well as we've tackled for a long time. I, you know, the Melbourne game was positive, but that was another level last night. I was really proud of the guys the way they hunted.
3: I'm assuming you know that uh, yourself and the coaches, but but especially the the player leaders would have learned a lot this year. What, what have you? What have been your observations of Jaron and the and the leadership group in in the past month? You know specifically. Yeah, no,
5: you're right, and no, if it does, it gives everyone an opportunity. To grow and respond, and we get an, we get a great opportunity as leaders to sit back and look at, at who's made of the right stuff. We find much more out about people when you're under pressure than as opposed to when things are going easy or going well. And by and large, we've been I reckon we've been really strong. We've whilst we haven't been able to turn it around as quickly as we would like, and we'll and we'll look at that. And I'm sure when the season is finished, Murph will continue to look at that. And, and Simon Leftland has already. Forecast some change. Of course, I'm involved in all that that process, but um no, I think the leaders, the playing group, have been really positive. I touched on, uh, you know, when Hutto asked about the months and how how things have changed, and and the reality is the draw has been a little bit kinder to us in that in that time. But um, the players, the leaders, have done a really good job. They've driven some of the real fundamentals and and basics of the game when it comes to effort and physicality and. What's pleasing is that the, the, the guys underneath them have responded in a, in a really assertive way. So that's that's a reflection of the work they're doing, and the, and, uh, and and we think they'll be better for it.
8: Richo, thanks for uh, th- for joining us this morning. Uh, just with your brand now, I sat there, I did the the, the demons game uh, live, and I walked away and said, "That's more like the St Kilda that we know from you know past years." Uh, flow, run, carry, overlap. Uh, and I walked away and just sort of said, oh, the Saints have got their brand back. What do you actually see as your brand and, and what, as a group, do you want to yeah actually stand for?
5: Yeah, um, yeah, I reckon you guys would be able to explain it as well as I, and that is we're a team that puts on enormous pressure, trying to create turnover as close to our goals as possible. And if, it, if, if we can't get that, if the ball ends up in the opposition's... Front half, and that's reality. Then we're looking to go back really quickly. We look to outnumber. We look to get pretty good shape around that contest, and then, given that we're outnumbering there, we're probably outnumbered in front of the ball, in in, in front of our ball. We, you know, we're looking to use play for our advantage and reset really aggressively in front of the ball. So um, that is, and there's much more to it, as you know. We've had some issues, um, you know, with clearance and. We've been playing on the back foot a bit more often than we would like. We've we've lost a bit of form, you know, that period post the Kangaroos game where it, it wouldn't have mattered what our what you would have seen in our playbook plow play or yeah. on the whiteboard. When 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 you just when you're carrying six or seven blokes that just aren't quite at the level that we know they can be, um, you know, and starting to doubt themselves and instead of pulling the trigger on a handball when and we mucked it about last night, I think we overplayed the handball at times to Jack Stephen, but uh, Jimmy Webster mightn't have ran off half-back, or Sav might have just h- held on his man instead of giving us that, you know, that that more whiskier play. And you know, the, the Melbourne game that you're referring to, we still got eight own goals kicked against yeah, us. But yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's part of what you, you you've got to give up a bit. You can't have everything your own way. And I reckon too often after the Kangaroos game, we played not to lose. We didn't play to win. And so um, to some extent, we've we've got that back. It, that, that's coincided as the confidence is. We think we've been able to regenerate a bit of belief in the style. It's We've just been, there's been a bit of disconnect in personnel, particularly in front of the ball because of injury. But, I mean, that's okay. We're really pleased with the opportunity that guys have had.
8: In a year that Ruckman have really played a major part in the industry, your Rucks have been at times a little confusing, and I just mean confusing from the outside, because at one minute it's hickey, then it's longer, then it's hickey. Uh, back again. Where do you sit? with those two boys? And, and is it purely and simply just who's up and running at any stage or do you have to, at some stage, try to settle it down?
5: Um, yeah, all of the above, Terry. Yeah, that's, um, so they're, they're very different. Billy's a, a, a much more robust, he's a bigger guy. You know, he's got six or seven kilos, a bit more height on Tom. Um, um, Ruckman has had such an influence in games of footy this year and particularly against us and um when it is we think it's going to be much more a clearance game and a and a contest game and if you look at the you know the trends of the the, op- the opposition you're about to play if it is they rely heavily on that well, then I've gone with uh, I've gone with longer if it is it's going to be much more likely to be a transition game yeah. which is a bit more, which is a bit more of Eddie had then um I've lent um, I've lent towards Tom but I have always been wanting you know and uh, Tom played really well last night, and, and obviously he got a bit of luck with, uh, you know, with Cruiser going out of the game so early. But I thought he played. Forget about who he rucked against. You know, whether it was Kerno or Jones or even Cripps at times, he just played the right way, and he gave us some really good footy on the outside. And, and so that's now his challenge. He'll stay in the team if he continues to do that. Uh, you know, he he gives us a bit more on the outside than what Billy does, and so yeah, it's a long answer, but it's a good question. It's something that we've. It's been a challenge for us all year, but the, the challenge is now up to those boys. They've got to grab that spot.
7: Richard, well done the last month of football. Last night was exciting for a whole host of reasons. You get yourself to four wins, you're out of the fight, we know that. And the list is a constant evaluation for everyone at St Kilda, not just yourself, that those in the back office as well. Do you look back now in hindsight and say maybe we we inflated or, or overestimated where this list was in in comparison with the rest of the competition at parts of this season. And I heard your president say he thinks it's a top four list and has probably taken out of context a little bit that statement in isolation. But where do you sit right now with this list that you have at your disposal?
5: Yeah, we've asked that question a lot, King, in, in list management, and those meetings are often. You're right, the president's comments were taken out of context. He said if we become more consistent when you... You know, when you win more games than you lose, and you're knocking on the door in the previous two years, um, and there's a big gap between making the eight and top four. Um, but look, it's it's pretty clear what we've tried to do, Kenny, and and we've been unsuccessful. We tried really hard with um, with Josh Kelly. It's it's probably inappropriate for me to mention too many other names because that one was so public. I feel comfortable with that, but we we just haven't been able to support. The plan, that you know, the, the guys, it's pretty clear what our plan was. When you move on players like Goddard and Del Sando and McAvoy and, and Stanley, etc., and go to the draft, we were trying to stock... In fact, we did. We stockpiled young talent, um, you know, moves like Giveaway Pick 5 to get in, Billing... Uh, sorry, to get in Gresham and Carlisle in the one. So they did some really good work, but we needed to complement and support that group, and we haven't been able to do that, and that's our challenge as a club. But my challenge as a coach can you know, gets back to got a few of the questions um, that have already been asked. You know, this group hasn't played as well as it played last year. Um, if you just look at the current personnel, you know, Rewalt, Montaigne, Dempster, weren't having a great influence on the game. They're still playing serviceable footy, and I've probably underestimated a little bit of the the, the vacuum in, in leadership, but that, to Murph's question before, that's created great opportunities to growth with those guys coming through, and they'll be better for it. But we, we need to be strong in that space, but I need to make sure that I'm doing whatever I can to Fast track the development of the guys like Sinclair. I thought it was just outstanding for us last night. Billings, who who's starting to respond, and and that's been a little bit slower than I would have liked.
7: So so when you look at that, and I look across the competition, I see a Jared Wade at 35 still doing what he does. I know he's injured uh, currently, and and Hodgie going up north to Brisbane and a young group, not not dissimilar to your own, being able to influence those guys, not just in the two hours that we see of a weekend, but the whole 24 uh, hour seven day a week program. On reflection, do you do you think you probably should have kept a Rewalt or a Montagna this season, j- just for that, not just leadership, but for the the seven day a week program?
5: Um, well, well, the boys were tired, Kingy, so there's not there's not a lot we can do there. But just, let's just hypothetically just imagine that was not the case. We did we did um, like Rui was buggered with his his body was buggered. Um, he, he's a warrior, so there was a you know there was that period where he was, you know, can I keep going? Can I not? And then. Um, you know, eventually through, um, you know, conversation with others, you know, and an understanding of where he's at, he gave it away. Yeah, yeah, Joey was, Joey was a little bit different. Joey, whilst he did his hammy late, a really bad one, by and large, he'd been a bit more durable and, and, um, uh, and, and whilst it, it didn't work for us with those guys, I agree with you. I think Hodge has been outstanding for Brisbane. I can see what, what impact that's had on the young blokes, and your point's right. There's probably 90% of it happens. Uh, on the training track and in, in the rooms as opposed to out in the ground, and, and, and that's all that we see. But, yeah, we're certainly open to, to possibly looking at someone like that to, to, to bring into our group to support the, the leadership group and uh, and to support our you know younger playing
7: group. Can I give you a really lateral one? This will be the last one we've, we've held you up for long enough, mate, but with the changes coming in, or the likely changes for 2019, when, when will you start looking at strategy? When will you start planning how the game will look and then the on-flow effect of recruiting and that sort of thing?
5: But from a recruiting perspective, Kingy, that's that's already been in the conversation, because it needs to be. Uh, you can imagine you know, we're having conversations with managers all the time about players that are either coming out of contract or you know, wanting to come back home or, or in that free agency window. So we're looking at that all the time and we're we're making sure that, you know, where we think the game is heading from a laws or rules perspective is, is factored into that space. But from us, from a you know how we want to play, our focus is really on finishing the year off strongly to make sure that um you know we can go into the into the you know, into the preseason Feeling a bit better about ourselves because if it was to finish a month ago, we'd be, we'd be, you know, we'd all be feeling pretty ordinary about where we're at. So that's, I hope that makes sense. We've got a bit of, a, bit of an understanding of the list management space, and we need to and about, you know, what it might look like. And, and so, you know, is this player as attractive as he once might have been, or when it comes to the game, we're still finishing off the
7: way we're we going now? One three of your last four, mate. You've got a full weekend in front of you after getting the four points. Yeah, Have a great weekend, up. mate, and thanks for your time and good luck against the Tigers on Friday night. Good on you guys. Thanks for
4: that. Yes, thanks, Richo. Alan Richardson, the coach of the Saints, joining us there. Uh, and don't forget, St Kilda fans, to buy a Maddie's membership to guarantee two level one seats, a Maddie's Vision pin, and a donation to.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever.
4: Maddie's vision. To do all that, visit saintsmembership.com.au to secure yours today. This is Crunch Time for Honda. Find your kind of value at Honda. See honda.com.au and the TAC, Safety Barriers Save Lives, getting us towards zero.
2: Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91 On
0: 1116 SEM, the award-winning crunch time. Find your kind of value at Honda with offers across a range of vehicles. See honda.com.au.
4: Welcome back to Crunch Time for Honda. Find your kind of value at Honda. See honda.com.au and the TAC, Safety Barriers Save Lives, getting us towards zero. Well, we've just heard from Alan Richardson. Uh, Kingy, what about your views on the Saints and what changes actually need to be made for next year?
7: The changes, it's a good question because I don't think their under-25 years of age players are too bad. I think they're well-placed for those guys. I think there's... There's some question marks on those that are above that and whether yeah, they. So can, the
8: small forwards, for example, yeah. Billings, Gresham, you know, those sort of guys, yeah.
7: Sinclair. Yeah. yeah, they're coming along okay. Um, is there an out and out absolute top line star there? I don't think you ever. You, you, you don't always know. Uh, there's not too many Clayton Olivers at 20 just jumping off the, the map around the competition at the moment. There's a couple. I think their signing of a free agent is the big talking point. And, and we're all going to talk about Andrew Gaff and Tully signs at the West Coast or, or otherwise. I think the question is, what at what point do you say he's too expensive? I don't imagine, Terry and, and Bob, you guys, uh, specifically you, Terry, got a better handle on what their salary cap would be doing. I don't imagine they'd be near maxing out by any
8: stretch. Couldn't think, you wouldn't think so. When you look at their high-end... Uh, talent, particularly with Montagna and uh, and Rewalt going out last year, you couldn't imagine that they'd be maxed out or anywhere near maxed out.
7: So to get to get Gaff, what would it cost? And it may be a, a five year deal that pays him if he's worth eight hundred to stay at West Coast and it's one point one to get him out of there. Can you go to one point three to absolutely rip him out of the place? Because I think that's the sort of player they need. They need a leader. They need someone who, out of hours, is a roll gold citizen. And I just think that they need that first-receive, gut-running, skillful midfielder. He is that. He's almost a, a pseudo-captain the moment he walks in the door.
8: Well, Bob, we'll fire this one at you. Uh, I, my figure was to get him out, not what he would be worth and value at the West Coast Eagles. I, I had about 1.2. That was just in my mind. Would you pay the 1.3 and around that mark if you knew it could get done? <laughs>
3: Not on the back of my my own figure was 1.1. 1. 1. So I think oh, just on the raw numbers, I, I just don't as good a player as Gaff is, and and he and he, and he does fit what they what they need. I, I don't see him in that vein, Kingy as a as a as a captain. He's I don't see him as that extroverted, being able to bring people together. He's the he's the running man that slots onto that magnet board. Magnificently, but gee for for one point two one point three million dollars oh God I mean he, he'll take it I think if he if he gets offered it but I, I don't think that's
7: I don't know if the saints can afford that the spend, the, don't worry about the spend so much because you've got to spend at some point you've got to spend the salary cap because if you don't you can forward load as much as you like but yep. you end up in the same position the kangaroos are in you end up with half half your salary cap there to spend but no one willing to take it. So I think forget park the spend for a moment. I think the impact on how these guys would play, and the development yep. of these younger guys, is worth that extra dollar figure you're talking about. So say it's well, two hundred thousand a year. What yep. it would do for a, a Billings and aggression that, where they want to the, play. Yeah,
3: that, that, that's it. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a good way of putting it because that does have a ripple effect around it, doesn't it? Then then you've got real running power in the midfield, you know, and and it allows maybe Billings. To become that player that we hope he could become, and that, and you can even hear in Alan Richardson's voice that he's sort of, you know, pleading for him to become a weapon. I, th- I think, yeah, that 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 might be the thing that sways them that way. Even
7: pre-season, Terry. I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at, there is no rewild or Montagna there, and their bodies probably were failing them at the end. So maybe they weren't doing the full pre-season package that others uh, have to do. Who, who's teaching these guys? the right ways. The the full professional program. We touched with uh, Alan Richardson about Luke Hodge. I just think they need that sort of person more than... I know they've got pick four, and I think their next pick's pick 58 or something like that in the draft, or pick 54, so... It's hard to pick who the alpha
3: is at, at St Kilda, isn't it? Who's the... I mean, Jaron Geary's the captain, but he doesn't seem to be the... The central point, the alpha male of the, of that, and then you've got the group.
8: triple uh, best and fairest winner Jack Stephen, and he's not really that type either. So nah. it, it is; it's, it's really difficult. The the one thing about Andrew Gaff. Now, some people uh, will love the way he plays. Some people will have some sort of uh, you know, comments on. Well, is he marginally too outside? The one thing you cannot doubt him on is consistency. So if you're bringing a bloke in, he gets the job done week in week out he's not one of these that's a a star performer look I'll put uh, Jakey Stringer for example who gee when he's at his best he is just vibrant and and there and and can do almost anything but you don't know what you're going to get necessarily the next week you pretty much know what you're going to get with Andrew Gaff week in week out
7: Uh, but my, my concern Bob is if they don't get anyone yeah. Okay, so, so they go forward with pretty much the same list, and a couple of kids come in at the end of the year.
3: That was going to be my but, question but, to you, King. If, I, if I want your answer got, though. I want yeah. your
7: answer on can they just give Alan Richardson a chance? Does he have a, does he have a, an opportunity to take this list to top four, top six with currently what he's got? Because it's been such a step backwards this year that there would you would yeah. find it very hard to have full confidence that Alan could be the best coach he could be with this group. Just rolling forward.
3: Well, I, you know, I even thought of it, shaping it, if, if what they've got right now, if we get the best version of what they've got right now with the, with their core players, I, I don't see them making top six. They might scrape into the eight at if everything went really, really well. But I, I, I can't see it on, on that. I, so I think
7: so that, saying that, why would 1.3, 1.4 for a gaff, to give him that opportunity, why would that be a poor spend?
3: Uh, well... That's a good yeah. Well, I I just see that. I mean, I'm I think part of it is me getting used to these new figures of of 1.3 million. I think of Buddy Franklin. I don't think of a, yeah, of no, a of an it. outside yeah, winger. Yeah, yeah that's it's just that shock value of yeah the the new figures.
7: No, I agree with that. I know you you you're not used to talking about it because you never used to talk about your contract. It was very much a secret. The 1.1 1. <laughs> 1 bonus for being captain of the dogs and those sorts of things. Uh, but yeah, um, right. now I think it's a good discussion, Terry. That the, the person you get in as the as the free agent what they do to your program and that's why so Rory Sloan was such a significant signing for the Adelaide Crows. Not so much just for the Crows, but what would he do to St Kilda? I mean yep. that sort of yep. person is just rolled gold.
8: Absolutely. And the one thing about St Kilda is they have been prepared to bring blokes in. I mean they went and got the, the bigger Carlisle deal done, but longer Hickey, uh Brown, Savage, Weller, Membry, Jack Steele, Kobe Stevens um Robert and Dylan Robert, they've they've brought in a lot, but a lot of them have been uh, low-ended, you know, give an opportunity, give another uh, second chance type players. Really, the Carlisle deal is the only one that you, you sort of jump out at you and sort of say, you yeah, know, they really went after that bloke.
7: So so who is out there, Terry? I mean, we talk about the McGovern uh, brothers a lot there. <laughs> like they're so gettable. Uh, one's under contract and one's going to command you know in excess of 1.1 1.2 but he's a centre half back centre half forward type. He's really he's really not going to change I mean, if you, if you could get him, you get him. Don't Absolutely. get me wrong. Yeah. But he's really not Watson killed Kilda 100% desire.
8: Well, that's why the, I don't think there is a lot out there. Because the other factor of it is, as you just mentioned, I mean, one very high-end pick and then deep in the draft, I don't see a lot that they're going to be able to offer up that's going to draw something back to your club. So from a trading point of view, I don't think yeah they want to go and get that roll gold star with their first pick, and particularly in this draft. So that gets locked away, I don't think that that comes into calculations of moving that first pick at all.
7: They're losing ground this year's draft.
8: So, yeah, but so therefore all I'm saying is therefore basically what you're looking for is you're looking for the free agent that can just come in, that you can get something in the door that's not costing you any great, uh, any great shakes.
0: Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. On 11.16 SEM, the award-winning crunch time. Find your kind of value at Honda with offers across a range of vehicles. See honda.com.au and the TAC Safety Barriers reduce fatalities by approximately 85%. Safety Barriers save lives, getting us towards zero.
4: This is crunch time for Honda. Find your kind of value at Honda. See honda.com.au and the TAC Safety Barriers save lives Getting us towards zero, coming to you today from Tasmania, beautiful Launceston and the the venue of a big game between Hawthorne and the Brisbane Lions, which is coming your way a little later on. Uh, David King, Terry Wallace, Bob Murphy and Anthony Hudson is your Crunch Time team this Saturday. And uh, plenty to talk about in the next hour as we continue to look back on last night and look ahead to the other games and the other issues. Jeff Kennett, the Hawthorne chairman, is about to join us in the box down here at Launceston. But let's just reflect again on last night and Alan Richardson and how the season has been a, a tough one, but the last month has been particularly positive, of course, culminating in a big win over Carlton last night.
5: That's why the, the last month I'm really proud of what, of what the players have done. You can get yourself in quicksand or on a treadmill when things aren't going well and the season's coming to a, coming to a close and you're just, you know, just trying to get to the line, but they, haven't, they certainly haven't played that way. That's as you know We know Carlton have got some issues with their own team at the minute, but that's as well as we've tackled for a long time. I, you know, the Melbourne game was positive, but that was another level last night. I was really proud of the guys, the way they hunted.
4: Kingy, just from a broad point of view, how much change do you think will take place at St Kilda?
7: How much chance? Yeah, whether
4: it be player or coaching personnel.
7: I think there'll be a bit of coaching movement. There's no doubt about it. I think the first port of call now when the senior coach has had a a bit of pressure on him through the course of the year is a refresh in terms of the tactics. You've got to still sell to a playing group that you've got different methods, um, innovation. You're on the move. You're ahead of the curve. Uh, you're up with the game. Um, so I think there'll be some assistant coaching movement, which I think is great for the game. I mean, these if you had the exact same number and exact, exact same people as assistant coaches and they move clubs, I think it's good for them professionally. I think it's good for our code. Um, and it just takes a little bit of the pressure off. It's worked at Collingwood. It's worked at Richmond uh, over the last couple of years. So that that'll be a likely change. I don't think there'll be too much player movement.
8: Uh, ter- look, the last ter- ter- couple of weeks, the last couple of weeks has been good for them, but their run home—five of the last six games—they've got Richmond, GWS away, and Hawthorn, and North. So it's it's still going to be a really tough end of the season for them, Hutto. Do
4: you think they're going to be able to land a big fish? Alan Richardson has talked about not being able to fulfil the original plan because they they couldn't land a Josh Kelly or someone of that ilk. Will they be able to attract somebody? Yeah, I doubt it.
8: I mean, the conversation that we were just having uh, a minute ago, you know, we was all surrounded about Andrew Gaff, but they're hard to get over the line. I mean, I think personally, I think Andrew Gaff will end up staying at the West Coast. I think they've shown enough this year. If they hadn't have done what they've uh, done this year, mm. maybe there was an opportunity. But uh, And then you look at who else is out there, it's just hard to see them landing a big fish
4: and the doom and gloom for Carlton fans Brendan Bolton post-match and also Mark Murphy spoke to us uh, on AFL Nation last night let's have a listen to their response to what was a tough night
6: we will demand to work damn hard and endure I'm not going to cop their tide even if they are the game requires you to push and challenge that these times will pay us back they have to as hard as they are while we're living them, they've got to build resilience in the group. They should also take away we're not satisfied and we're not at all happy in terms of the result. We'll keep chasing a win. If there was a real simple answer we'd love to just sprinkle some fairy dust over it all but we know in this caper it's not that. Our fundamental skill areas we've got to continue to work at. We'll train them really hard. They hurt us today. The intent was to use and share the ball but probably took it a bit too far and overdid it. We're just going to keep fighting in that space. Fundamental skills. Talked about the pressure. That's aspirational. We're not being who we want to be in terms of providing enough pressure on the opposition, so we're going to continue to work at it. My mind doesn't even go into asking or thinking about a priority pick. My mind's just purely focused on making sure this group stays tight, knit strong morale and, and a process to move forward. I, don't, I can't even be distracted by the draft and the priority picks, to be honest. I know a lot have been asked about it because the, the year's nearing the end and where a team's going to finish and what pick have they got, but my mind doesn't even go into it. It's, it's
3: a tough time at the moment when you're when you're not winning games of footy and we've got to stick together and work our way through it. That's the only way you can do it. Yeah, boys
4: are, are pretty flat, as you, as you would expect. Footy's tough sometimes, but um, we'll get through it. Tough times for Carlton. We'll return with Kingy and Terry to get some more thoughts on the Blues a little later. Mark Murphy was the last voice you heard. The next voice you're going to hear is the chairman of the Hawthorne Footy Club, Jeff Kennett, who's joined us in the commentary position down here at beautiful Launceston. Welcome, Jeff.
1: Good afternoon. And what a spectacular day this is, eh? Hey? I woke up this morning down the coast. There was ice, frost on the ground, just beautiful. And now, look, sunshine. This is, without a doubt, one of the best grounds because you look out over the hills, it's very special, isn't it? A
3: lot of players used to say, even the the players I played with, we used to talk lovingly about Launceston and the ground and the
1: facility and the only kicker was we had to play Hawthorne, which is always a bit disappointing. And often for you visiting teams... uh, you come down the day before, so you can have a look around. But if you get to spend two or three days down here, it's just beautiful. And a day like this, I don't know what it's like in Melbourne. What's the temperature in Melbourne today? Key, oh, what's it like there? Freezing. Minus freezing. two.
7: Minus two. No, it's <laughs> Minus two. <laughs> no, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful but day. And here.
1: look at this surface. This is the best surface of any AFL ground we play on. So you don't want to give it up, do you, Jeff? Absolutely not. This is This is special. I mean, we've been down here for a long time now, and I did the deal for four games with the then Premier, Paul Lennon, on the golf course at Barmbougal. I had to admit that, that, he is hit, that he'd won the game, even though I did, but I had to sort of <laughs> sacrifice it. <don't> <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tanking. But, but it's worked very, very well for us, and it's worked very well for Tassie, and uh, it's special. It's nice to have another place away from home every now and then, just to bring a bit of variety into the team. Uh, so what's,
3: what, what's Bill Shorten on about?
1: Oh, buggered <laughs> if Well, I do know what he's on about. He's desperate. I mean, you know what these politicians are like. Every now and then <laughs> they do something totally stupid in order to seduce the public into voting for them, and the public are not stupid. So he's offered $25 million if they win the next election, not about the by election, if they win the election. And all that's a lead-up to sort of saying, "Oh well, we'll help you have a team of your own." But as you know, twenty-five million—he's going to spend on infrastructure, training, and a couple of other things. What's left for the for the actual team that they're trying to put together? How much would it would it cost? Well, you guys probably know better than I. But the variety, the the difference between some of the teams—you could probably put a team on the park, an AFL light team, for about thirty-five million. The top teams, they're turning over $60, 70000000 a year, and that's to be competitive, and it's to attract good people, etc. Now, you don't need that much, but you do want to have a competitive team. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not opposed to Tassie having a t- team, but for those who argue it through passion and emotion, you've got to actually say, all right, well, what's the business plan? How are we going to do it? Who's going to fund it consistently? And the other thing someone mentioned to me today is that you want the players then to want to stay here? So, what mm. are the problems with the Gold Coast at the moment? They get players in the draft, etc., or the AFL direct players there. But the moment they become free agents, they're all leaving. Yeah. So, whether it's Gary Ablett or whether it's someone else, you've got a there's got to be a core. So, so that would that be an issue here as well. It will be an issue, but it's look, it's not something that isn't able to be met. All I'm saying is. I'm not opposed to it. I'm happy to work with the government or with the community to deliver it, but you ought to set the objective. We'll go through proper discussions in due course. We're happy to work with whoever it is that wants to do it, but the last thing I want to see is Tasmania have a team that's not sustainable or isn't competitive. And I think it'd be so sad.
4: Have you changed your tune on that to say that you think that you're not against it, or have you always said? No,
1: no, I've always said I'm very happy for Tasmania, but but I want the team to be based on good consideration, good finances, good people. Uh, Because if you don't have that, I don't want to see it fail. I love Tassie. I think the only two places in Australia now that really have a point of difference are up north, Darwin, Karanara, top end of Queensland and Tasmania. You go to Melbourne, Perth, Sydney, they've got the same shops, you've got the same traffic problems, everything's the same. But Tassie's very, very special. And We've been down at Bridport this morning, Driving up through all that timber, it's just beautiful. You go up north, it's a young person's world. So, both the north and the south have something very special. And I, I'm very happy for them to have their own team. I just don't want to be built on emotion alone without having the issues behind it. Jeff Terrell. Yep, sorry. Je- uh, Jeff,
8: Terry Wallace back in the studio. Uh, first off,
1: I recognise your voice. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> Terry, well, which most, is unusual.
8: <laughs> thanks for hosting uh, the 7888 <laughs> and 2008 boys uh, the other week for our premiership reunions. I want to take you back in a little bit of uh, history, Jeff. When you weren't president and the, the last deal was done where the AFL were trying to intervene on what was going to happen down in Tasmania and how all that looked, and then from what my belief is that you got uh, involved almost from the outside to make sure that the Launceston deal got over the line again. Can, can you take us through how that all played out? Uh,
1: as best I can. Uh, as I said earlier, I did this deal with then Premier Paul Lennon. Uh, oh, must have been Terry 2006, 7 or 8 when St Kilda pulled out. So then with St Kilda were playing two games and we were playing two games. St Kilda didn't want to be here. I said to the then Premier we'd be very happy to take their spots and he said yes and we struck the deal. And every five years it gets reviewed in the fourth year in the interests of both the Tasmanian community through their government of the day, whether it's Labour or Liberal, uh, and obviously Hawthorne. And yes, we, we have a special attachment to this place. It's not the money as much as it is the fact, as I was saying to the guys a few minutes ago, it's a home away from home. It is a wonderful place to be. And we, and particularly the coach, when there's an emergency down here, so there's been fires, there's been floods, he'll often come over here with groups of players unannounced and go onto to properties and help refence. Or, you know, I've been down here in fire environments and done something else or floods. So our commitment here is well beyond football. And yes, we were keen for it to continue. I've got to say we did the discussions with the government more so than the AFL. Mm-hmm. I think the AFL were a bit upset when they heard that we'd done the next five-year agreement. Yes. But uh, you know, what, it's one of the advantages about, of being a financially independent club. There's only five or six of us in the AFL at the moment. The rest get subsidies on top of their base uh, salary cap that we all get, about $10 million. And when you're independent, you can actually have some control over what you want. So it wasn't so much a discussion with the AFL. It was a discussion with the government. And I've got to say, both governments, both political parties, on all occasions, have been very supportive of us and have been very keen for us to continue. Because the net value to Tassie, which has been independently evaluated, is about $30 million a year of economic value we bring into the state. So it's a lot of... And that's the best, most clearly measurable sponsorship of any sponsor of any club in the league just Jeff, before I've you ask your
4: question kingy yeah. uh, just some news in luke hodge uh,
1: sadly is out
4: of today's game which is uh very just very upset <laughs> no by that. Got, him. got him running <laughs> scared no, he's running scared <laughs> <laughs> what, what's, his, what's his surname and <laughs> uh, knocked to his calf earlier in the week cedric Cox knocked to his be... calf come on hodge <laughs> stop giving up that's ridiculous Jeff. no he
1: doesn't like traveling uh, and this <laughs> and this ground's got too many fond memories for him. He probably would have kicked a few goals for us, I reckon today. <laughs> I've heard, heard
7: of I've heard Jeff of coaches rewiring, replumbing, rebuilding. <laughs> I've never heard of him refencing. <laughs> That's a nice one. <laughs> but just have a looking at uh, the the numbers, Jeff, in terms of the crowds turning up to your games this year. Are you concerned at all? Because it went from fifteen and a half thousand against St Kilda in round six to thirteen against Port Adelaide in round eleven, down to yeah. nine against the Gold Coast. Is that Something that worries you and what are you expecting today? Uh,
1: No, it doesn't worry us. Uh, The last two games we've played down here have been against some very major activities, both here in the north and in the south, which are traditional events within Tasmania. And so, therefore, people are very wedded to those events. I don't know how many we'll get today. Uh, It is, as I said, a beautiful day. We flew down yesterday. There were people on the plane, obviously from Hawthorne, and there were people on the Playing from uh, the Lions,
4: has there been some anti anti Hawthorn sentiment in, or anti North sentiment in Tassie on the back of this? We want our own team. No, 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 not I don't at all? think
1: so. I think people are very appreciative. Uh, it's not just that we are at the moment the representatives of the AFL. Yeah. Uh, we do bring huge economic value to a community that you know, half a million. Uh, and as I, I can't speak for North because I don't know what their figures are, but we bring in about 5,000 people every time we come down here. So I've just seen some people down at Peppers having a cup of coffee, and there's seven people who have flown in, and someone else has come from. Some. It's extraordinary, and they invariably stay for two or three days. If you're coming down to a Tassie, you don't just come in and out. You actually stay for a couple, and it's just wonderful. I suppose you flew in this morning, did you? Yeah, and we're going out tonight. But, yes, but that's because, let's face it, it's the station. It's what they can afford. It's, they're <laughs> not here to <laughs> it <in laughs> not, not about money education. Not about money. Not about money. no, yeah. no. Uh, yeah. Jeff,
3: I was just thinking. I, I only see you in Tassie on on game day, and so I, I get you in a on a combative sort of mood. But today today you, you've 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 joined us brandishing a club or a staff. That's <laughs> Actually, quite I didn't notice that. But I thought you had an umbrella, but I'm, I'm just quite curious there. about what, what that's uh, going to be <laughs> used for yeah, today. Yeah, there is
1: a gentleman down here by the name of David Watts. He's a senior guy, and he crafts in Hewen pine. So this is a Hewen pine walking stick. You may describe it as a club. Uh, and on it, does that depend is,
3: on if you win or lose? Or yeah, to whether a walking stick, is, is, right? is that why Ludo Hodges talking Hodge to the government out? or the press? Yeah, yeah, it could be why <laughs> Hodges has Got a little.
1: <laughs> uh, what's this? A frog and a snake on it, which is all from the same piece of timber and he also makes beautiful pens in hewen and pine and uh, so he's given me this today and uh, it is lovely my my wife felicity her uncle was a man by the name of sir alan knight who was the head of the hydro down here and was also the individual the government got to oversee the rebuilding of the bridge when it collapsed uh, many years ago and he used to whittle in hewen and pine and i have since i've been coming down here for Games in 2005, I bought a lot of Hue and Pine products. So I've got large pegs, Hue and Pine, I've got tables, etc. And the, the smell of Hue and Pine is lovely. But let me say this it has potentially many purposes, <laughs> do you understand? <laughs> and I promise not to use it in here. <laughs> Test it on Hutto. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but watch it, just watch it. In fact, no, I won't say that. No. <laughs> I've got to be careful what I say.
4: Jeff, what's the biggest issue for the AFL right now in your mind?
1: Uh, Well, I think they've got. We've got three or four teams that are not competitive. Uh, We've got five or six teams that are financially challenged, which they're going to have to address. I've got to say, uh, I don't think free agency has worked in terms of equalisation, because all it's done is meant the wealthier clubs are able to offer more, and that strengthens them and keeps them up there. I think one of the wonderments of this year, as it's been the last two years. I love the fact that Melbourne's playing better. I love the fact that Collingwood's playing better because you need these teams in it. So I think they've got a number of factors they've got to uh, play with and they do have this issue of, you know, what are we going to do with the Gold Coast? Uh, GWS, very expensive teams to support. Are you doubting the wisdom of those two teams? No, well, I was there in the rooms uh, when... The AFL told us they were going to expand and I remember some of the comments of the other presidents, particularly from uh, New South Wales, Sydney, saying how stupid the whole idea was because they didn't see it as being sustainable. But the AFL made the decision and went on with it and we're, you know, you're locked in. Uh, I don't think the AFL is going to back away from those decisions because that would be, I've never known the AFL to back away from anything, to be quite honest, so I think they will stick with it. Uh, So they've got some challenges. But what's happening this year, what happened last year, what happened the year before with Western Bulldogs does prove that those on the bottom can regenerate. And we've seen it over the years. I mean you go back to ninety six, Hawthorne, Collingwood and Geelong were all on their uppers. Frank Costa went to Geelong, Ian Dickon to Hawthorne and Eddie McGuire to Collingwood. They're now powerhouses. So these other teams that are at the moment are facing difficulty can rebuild and can get back to holding a Premiership Cup. But as you know, it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort and doesn't happen overnight. But the AFL has got to be aware of those issues and be prepared to support in a practical way rather than just providing what I call artificial short-term support, which is a bit like a subsidy. A subsidy never works in the end. You've got to be able to stand on your own two feet.
4: Before we let you go, can you play top four footy this year? Can you challenge for the flag?
1: Well, I think the reality is if you're in the top eight, anything's possible. You know, I look at Richmond, I think without a doubt they are miles ahead of everyone else at the moment in terms of bodies, in terms of endeavour, in terms of youth, in terms of speed. But, you know, at some stage every team's going to lose a game. And the question is whether they lose it in the grand final or whether they lose it before, you don't know. So if you're in the top eight, you've got a chance. You've got to earn the right to get there first. We're there by the what is it, the uh, s- skin of our teeth at the moment, whether we stay there or not, time will tell. And often it's the weakest games which you expect to win that provide you with the greatest upset. So we're hopeful, but we're taking one game at a time. Jeez, but I do have my waddy. <laughs> I do have my waddy. Thanks for joining us. appreciate it. Great pleasure. It have a good day. Enjoy tazzy Thank you. Oh, Go boy. with God.
4: Jeff Kennett joining us here, the chairman of the Hawks. And he's left so far. He's got his Hawks shoes on. And he's
7: still got that uh, stick, Bob. Club. Looks like a a long sort of French stick, a coffee scroll. (laughs) 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 We did get a photo of it. You got a photo. It's up on the SEN Twitter handle
3: now. Stale, stale bread, Kingy. It's pretty hard. No
4: changes to the Hawks team. No changes to Hawthorne, repeating Luke Hodges out. Cedric Cox is the inclusion. Quickly, boys, uh, a quick discussion on Thursday night about the crows and cats. And I... I guess where the Crows are now, it's going to take a bit of a miracle for them to make it. What about Geelong? Do they make it, Terry?
8: Well, they're just so inconsistent, aren't they? I mean, what you get from them one week, you uh, you can't rely on the following week. And you've got to have doubts. I mean, they've got a fairly tough draw. I mean, we know that, I suppose, splitting 1-1, when you had a look at it at the start of the year, playing against Sydney and Sydney and Adelaide, in Adelaide, if you split that 1-1, you'd say that was about right. But that Footscray game or the big Western, loss, Western Bulldogs yeah. game that they lost on the Friday night was the one that hurt them. Well, look, they're in that 50-50 bracket. I mean, they've got to win some big games. And, yeah, they've got a huge one coming up, uh, clearly against the uh, the Tigers, which will uh, you know, play a major part as well. well yeah,
7: they've got, they've got four, games, four games at home. Melbourne, Brisbane, Fremantle and Gold Coast. And I think you'd say they win those four? They, gener- they generally win down there. And the two games at the MCG, the concern, Richmond and Hawthorne, who always games. always fine for that occasion, don't they?
8: Well, if they drop one of their home games, they're going to be in trouble.
4: Do you feel like, because I do, that they've changed things up a little bit? They've gone from having this defence focus to, and maybe it, with the view to finals, to thinking they need to be able to play more attacking footy and, and kick more goals, but... It seems to have left them vulnerable. I certainly, it was a high-scoring game against the Bulldogs, and it was also against Adelaide on on Thursday night. A, a do you agree with that? And B, is that a is that a, a smart play? Do you think?
7: I think the biggest flaw in Geelong's makeup at the moment is the ruckman. And in a season that's been dominated by Ruckman around the competition, they don't have they don't have a. Someone they can guarantee competitiveness from. Them someone they. C- but Stanley is playing his best footy of the yeah. season now, yeah. is he not? He might be, but but some of those other rucks in.
8: dominate. Yeah, I mean, the do. other ruckmen dominate. The, the two sides that you have got questions about their rucks, uh, you know, when the whips get cracking in this last part of the season is GWS and also Geelong.
7: So. so I think that's a factor, Hado, and it's not giving that midfield that we keep talking about—the star-studded midfield—they're not getting a proactive start to any sort of clearance or contested game. It's—it's it's a factor. They're starting on the back foot. They're not great defensively. We talk about that a lot in terms of their midfield. Their back six are, and as a team they are, but not as a group of, you know, five or six midfielders. So to start those guys on the back foot is hurting them.
4: They did they dominated clearance the other night though didn't they
7: Yeah they they don't they leak when they lose clearance this yep. it's it's a it's a double edged sword
4: Bob what do you think on the cats
3: Uh my mind goes a bit further for the cats they they may well make it because they, you know those those few sides that are jockeying for the I, I just can't see them in that first week of the final. they just seem like a, they'll they'll be in, and then and then straight See,
4: out. I, I'm of the I, I think if they make it, they'll be dangerous, but I'm not sure they're going to make it.
3: I just think those Adelaide as well. Adelaide making their run too. Like they've just had two the, the ups and downs yeah. of the year. Just will catch up with them eventually. There, there are nine
7: wins. There are nine wins, Hutto and Bob. So you give them. So you give them the four at home. That's thirteen. They get in. If 13 is, is the number they get in, they haven't got a great percentage. It's around the, the, the competition average around that point, yep. about 118, I think. Richmond and, and Hawthorne, if they win one of those, they're definitely in. Correct. There's not a lot of margin for error, but yeah. you'd think they get in, wouldn't you? It just seems
4: in Congress that they could have Dangerfield now, and he hasn't been at his very best, but starting to find his best. Salwood, Ablett, Tim Kelly is become a first-rate midfielder. They've got Mitch Duncan. Tom Hawkins is playing his best footy of his career. Kids are good.
8: Jones, Yeah, the,
4: kid, the, kid, yeah, the kids are good. Um, nah, Blitzarfs no. have stood up in defence. And yet...
8: So what's wrong? We're
4: talking, <laughs> we're talking about them missing the eight.
7: Well, the Ruckman. I still think it comes back to how, you, how proactive you are. And, and I'm just... I've got my doubts.
8: Did they play Menzel a week too early? Did oh, they I need that, to rush him back in?
7: Yeah, they, they did. Whether that's a,
4: it, It's easy in hindsight, but he, he looked a mile off, didn't he? And that, you know, it
7: cost them a great bad goal. drop mark late, wasn't it? Well, they had, yeah.
8: but they had players queuing up at VFL level ready to go. I mean, Stuart Crameri kicked five, five. At, you know, the, yep. the week before. I just, I don't think, I and mean, we're seeing it with Darcy Moore, but probably for a different reason. Uh, on Sunday, the fact that they're so tall, the uh, the West Coast Eagles, what they've co- coming back in, but I don't think you have to rush that.
3: It's uh, unusual, too. I, I mean, Cramery would have been... That's why he's down there, for that for that depth of a, of a fo- specialist forward.
7: Smells to me of Hutto just talking along long down. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. I that. can see it, Anthony. You're
8: not, not fooling anyone.
4: Not at all. It's Richmond's premiership to lose, Kingy, I
8: think. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you don't believe that.
8: Well, I'm going uh, up there and I'll, we'll see tonight.
4: Yeah, that's a big one, isn't it? Indeed. All right, we'll take a break. This is crunch time for Honda. Find your kind of value at Honda. See honda.com.au and the TAC, Safety Barriers, save Lives, getting us towards zero. Plenty to discuss after the break when we get into the crunch. Some of those other teams that are fighting it out for top four and top eight positions who will be doing battle both tonight, as we said, with the Giants and the Tigers, and then a couple of huge games tomorrow with Collingwood and West Coast, Sydney and North Melbourne. They're all on the menu along with a number of other issues, including the fixture and more on Ruckman after the break in the crash.
3: How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs
2: the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au/slash BSV.
4: Welcome back to Crunch Time for Honda. Find your kind of value at Honda. See Honda.com.au and the TAC, Safety Barriers Save Lives, getting us towards zero. Let's get into the crunch proper. And one of the broad issues that's been brought up by both players and coaches this week is the fixture, boys. It's a perennial issue. Uh, Patrick Dangerfield and Chris Scott, let's listen to them first of all.
7: We handicap the draw. It's akin to an athletics event where you say to Usain Bolt, sorry mate, you've won it last couple of times, so you start five metres behind. In a perverse way, it can advantage the teams if they're that much better than the rest. But if you're in that group of the next eight or nine teams and you've got a great draw, it's a big advantage. It makes no sense.
0: Why would you have the, the number of teams that we have yet play 22 rounds? Like, yeah. it, it's, it's farcical.
4: Pretty strong words, particularly particularly from Patrick. Uh, Kingy, I'll start with you on that. Um, wh- wh- is this something I mean, is it something that's been there and it's evolved over history because we had you know, the number of teams we had at one stage, but uh, now it is, it is clearly a, a handicap event, as Chris Scott said. Does it worry you?
7: If we're all happy to take a pay cut, we can correct it pretty quickly. Now, that's the simple answer, but... We don't want to play a 17-round season. We, we we're happy and comfortable with 22. It's it's part of what the AFL competition's about. Is there a problem with the the fixturing? Of course there is, but is it an easy solution? I don't think it is. I know the 17 and fives, been discussed heavily over the last couple of seasons, and I think we'll end up we'll end up getting down that uh, path. But it is what it is. A little bit. I, I still think the tougher draw for the better teams is great for the code because you get better games. We get the better teams playing each other more regularly. Play, I'm not sure what your thoughts are, but I, I'm really comfortable with it. Does it affect the bottom bracket of the eight? Maybe it does. But the teams that get in, in my opinion, they're never likely to win it. Um, so I, I, I'm quite comfortable with it.
8: Yeah, I, I sit there and uh, look at it in a couple of different ways. Uh, one of the ways I, I first look at it is that every time that I do my predictions before the start of the year, I do it via the fixturing because you have to factor in the fixturing. Uh, I had Collingwood uh, higher up than what a lot of people had them only because of the draw that they were going to get in the, and that plays a, a major part in it. Does well, finishing
4: thir- finishing 13th seems to be the place to finish, doesn't it? Really?
8: Well, it uh, absolutely. But um, we sit there, uh, does it stop someone from winning a flag? No, I don't think it does. And I'm with you on that side of things, King. I don't think it's... Ever gonna stop somebody winning a flag? It may stop aside from sneaking into the eight. That may have been good enough because they got a tougher fixture and somebody majorly gifted a seventh or eighth uh, position. I'm sort of leaning towards the seven and five. The more that it goes on, seventeen and five, I should say. The more that it's it goes on, because I can't see it going back to seventeen games. I can't see it blowing out to uh, to thirty four games. 17-5 Seventeen and five makes some form of sense.
7: If we did have the seventeen, hello. Oh, everyone says it, it, it costs you money. It may cost you money initially, but I'm a big fan of the NFL system where it's a pretty much a, a random. Less, less is more. Less is more, and what it yeah. does do it makes it makes every minute of football more valuable. It makes every game more significant. You look at the in terms of drawing money in from advertising. You try and buy 30 seconds on the Super Bowl and see how you go to, to advertise. It's you know, I think it's up around the the $5 million mark for a 30-second ad. So you end up just making the product more expensive, which, which in reality is a good thing for everyone. So maybe it hurts us in the, the short term, but I think long term it would be, be a good thing.
4: It could definitely be something that is done gradually over time. That's my feeling on it, and particularly as the AFL-W... How? W- how, how would you do that? well I- is in a broadcast agreement you next you move from 22 to to 21 or 20 whatever the the number is as you say that the rights still go up Um, you know under your theory that the value goes up anyway because there's less games a little bit less content the broadcasters can wear that Uh, and then we work our way down to 17 or maybe 18 where you get that one extra game and also AFLW if it gets stronger and it it can provide something of a replacement both from a financial point of view but also from that content because the AFL don't want to lose the dominance they have over the window of, of sports fans so that is certainly Going to come into any discussion, but you could spread the 17 or uh, over more weeks, you know. With although fans like to have their team playing every week, so one will watch in the future. Can I ask uh, a, a sorry, Platt? I was
8: just going to say, Harry, are you a fan of 17 and 5 or not?
4: Uh, I think there's flaws with it. I think that's that you know, with those middle bracket uh, teams, is what they're playing for and. Um, but I'll, in theory, I am player, broadly. I think it's it's probably better than what we've got now. But yeah, I think there's there's little things that you still sort of question as to what fits with where and, and what they're playing for, what the motivations are for those teams in that middle bracket. Um, can I ask you, uh, we touched on this earlier about Matthew Kruiser. How disruptive is it in this modern footy to lose a big man, particularly a ruckman, early in a game? How much of an effect does that have on a on a side, I was talking to a couple of people during the week about, it, and they're just saying, you just got to reorganise everything. You can cover a small man, but if you lose a, a big man, particularly a ruckman, it really can throw you into chaos.
1: Well,
8: I think one of the things, Kingy, is that there's not many sides in the competition that are running with two rucks, mm. so that's that's the first problem. I and mean, once upon a time, you had the two ruckmen out there, one might have been you know, slightly inferior to the other, but at least you had the replacement ready-made to go. Where now it's a little bit different than that. I mean, most sides are playing the forward who can go into the ruck and just pinch hit and is more the athlete and so therefore if you lose your ruckman particularly over the last couple of years and this year in particular where it's the year of the ruckman and we've got absolute standout rucks so now you've got a athletic forward who really isn't uh, you know the ruckcraft craft is not he's you know he's really he a strong suit going up against stars of the game
7: I think Cruz is is a huge loss to Carlton. Anytime he's out or impacted through injury, he's he's a significant member of their of their midfield core, their leadership Phillips, group. Not there. Cause yep.
8: Phillips went down as well. I mean, he played a couple of weeks ago against Port Adelaide and did quite well in the The, run. the,
4: the, the flow and effect is also that like you see that last week they put Sam Rowe, this week they put yeah, you know, Jones in the ruck or Mackay. It, it, so it, it affects <laughs> structure all the way through your team, doesn't
7: it? I didn't mind the idea of Mackay just having a run around the ruck. I, I think that's something they should look at. I mean, they, they probably want him to be a little bit more competitive in the forward line. I tell you what, you throw him in the ruck, you've got no choice. You, mm. you stand toe-to-toe in the middle of the ground there. You've, you've got to jump. You've got to clash legs. And I think it treats him... Uh, well, from a, a mental point of a state of mind point of view when he goes back forward to, to compete. <clears throat> but I, I'll say it again, the biggest influence on Carlton winning or losing games of football is Patrick Cripps. And anything you can do to advantage Patrick Cripps getting the footy uh, has a major impact on Carlton. So Cruiser not being able to give him any service at all uh, and that Ruckman not being able to get any dominance at all is a huge impact on Carlton.
4: Terry, why aren't the Demons better You've got some numbers there you want to refer to?
8: Well, I mean, uh, I did this uh, prior to today, but the Herald Sun's got all the uh, the numbers in there as well uh, mm. today, and it's uh, quite fascinating. I, I was just going through them myself. Uh, contested possession differential. This is normally your area, Kenny. <laughs> uh, number one uh, in the competition at 19.4. The second is 10. Mm. So they're just dom- yeah, absolutely dominant. Um Uh, centre clearance differential of AFL number two, scores from opposition turnover, AFL number two, uh, defensive rebound to inside 50, number one in the competition. You pick up the paper today, and they've had the most inside 50s, uh, well, second most inside 50s since Essendon in 2000, and Essendon's 2000 year was clearly the most dominant between team number one and the next best team in the competition. So they're doing so many things right. Mm that you would think when we look at the latter, that sort of says, oh, they're either one or two. But they're not one or two. So I haven't got the answers, but I just sit there and go, are they uh, last year's Richmond or the year before's Western Bulldogs, with those sort of numbers, if they can get it right towards the end of the year, are they the side that perhaps can make a run at it?
7: Well, I've got a theory on Melbourne. It's just a theory. Play Work with me for a second. We've all got theories. I think they're so strong. They're so tough around the football, and you're talking about guys like Jones, Oliver, um, uh, Jack Viney, Brayshaw, who's gone in the middle, Gorn, you can throw into that. They're so tough and so good around the ball, they smash teams at contested footy. They don't just win their fair share, they win 80% of them. But there's no one on the periphery, there's no one that's a first receive type player that can no, Kelly. that can get them going, can drive them forward with quality. They get the ball forward, And they get it inside 50, but the quality's not there. I think they've got to look. And I wrote yesterday that uh, I think Oliver could be Dustin Martin for this team. He's the best ground ball player in the competition. It was a change of role last week for him. Yeah, he played 20% forward last week. He's only kicked eight goals for the year. So in my opinion, I don't think they're maximising Clayton. So put him forward. You're tough enough, anyway. I mean, he, Oliver's often competing with Jack Viney for the same ball. Yep. You can only win it once. There's no point having you know, your three marquee players going after that one ball. So I think they've got to spread their talent f- through the forward fifty. But they score; they're a great scoring team, second best in the competition. So there's nothing wrong with what they're doing. It's just about maximising all these players. And I wouldn't be surprised if Oliver spends thirty, forty percent of the game forward uh, over the next few weeks just to have a look at it. And if he does kick a bag of four or five, that just may be enough to bridge the gap on the Richmond and Collingwoods. I
8: I did their game last week, and there was a distinct change of the way that he played. Not only the 20% forward, but he was spreading more. So I think there'd been a message to him that we just don't want you to always win it in the phone box. We've got to get you outside. We've got to get you using the ball a little bit more. We've got to get you deep. uh, All those sort of things just to change it up a little bit. So I think they're doing that. Is the next step for them, I mean we're all looking at this year and finals and how it's going to play out. Will they go and get that outside, another outside ball user finisher, do you think, at the end of the year? I don't
7: think they've got any choice. I think that's an area that's a a glaring a problem for them at the moment. But just to finish on Oliver, we we do a thing called relative ratings. So your age, comparative to your age, in your position. So for a 20-year-old midfielder, Clayton Oliver is 89% above the AFL average. And that's, that's averaged right. over six or seven years. 89% <laughs> above. It's the number one differential in the league.
8: So if they can just trick that up to get more value
7: exactly. from that so They're still learning about percentage. it. He's only yeah. 20. So I'll just give you the names that are below him in the top 10. you got Harris Andrews is two. Brody Grundy, three. McGovern, Franklin, Dangerfield, five, Kerno. You're talking about the absolute top liners in the competition. Yeah. So this kid... Is a, is a superstar, we just need to work out how to use it. I mean, it took Richmond a long time to work out Dustin Martin. Yeah. It, it doesn't just happen straight away. You've got, to, you've got to build into it.
4: Who's going to get the money to move clubs now that Rory Sloan has stayed at Adelaide? How has it changed the trade scenario, do you think?
8: Well, the first thing that I, I think of is that Andrew Gaff and his management have done the right thing by not signing up until this stage. Whether he stays or whether he, he goes... Uh, That doesn't matter. But I think once the Sloan deal dropped, anyone that had any thoughts of being able to pick up a midfielder would then go back to the drawing board and sort of say, do we need to up the ante a little bit, kingy and offer a little bit more to Agaf to try to entice him out? So I don't think he can lose out of it. That would be the thing that I'd say.
7: What sort of player is going to be a marquee midfielder next year if we bring in the starting positions? Is is Mm. it... Good is, question. is it the ball winner or is it the guy who's first received who can run and carry, who can get the ball from 60 metres from the opposition's goal to 50 metres from your goal? And I think Gaff's that player. He's the run and carry, short ball user, can go again on searching deep runs that'll challenge midfield from the opposition. Who, let's be honest, the gun midfielders don't pick up their opponents. It's, it's, I'll see you at the end of the game. Let's see who has the best uh, best game today.
8: Can I answer that one for you very quickly? Yep. Dane Zorko did a a little bit of a test up there in Brisbane and come away with glowing thoughts about the new rules. (laughs) Isaac Smith did a little test at Hawthorne and come away with glowing Mm. thoughts about it. And Paddy Dangerfield's now sort of saying, well, I think that this is the way that we should be heading. So I think that could be a little bit of your answer. So
7: so the gun runners are going to be so influential. And and that quality going inside your forward 50, to, to mark the ball and stop the game, is going to be even more critical next year. If, it, if it's intercepted and rebounded, then it flips, you're out of position, there's less numbers, there's less cover, it'll bounce all the way space. to the other end. Yep. So I think the Andrew Gaff types, that let's just say normally that player's worth 800000 a year, maybe he's 20 25% uh, more value in 2019, given what we know with the rule changes.
4: Jared uh, Polak's name has been linked, uh, I've heard this week, with St Kilda and also Melbourne. So he's another one who is going to be interesting to watch. Why would you leave?
7: Why would he leave?
4: Well, financial incentive would be the reason, wouldn't it?
8: Mm. It's interesting when you go into a third club and and you seem, I mean, from the outside, relatively settled at that second club. That's unusual.
4: All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back on Crunch Time with more look ahead to what is two massive games to be played tomorrow between Sydney and North Melbourne and Collingwood and the West Coast Eagles as we finish off Crunch Time. With thanks to Honda, find your kind of value at Honda. See honda.com.au and the TAC, safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. this is crunch time for Honda. Find your kind of value at Honda. See honda.com.au and the TAC, Safety Barriers Save Lives, getting us towards zero. Before we look ahead to particularly those two big games coming up tomorrow, Kingy, we, we are uh, you, you uh, are aware of a couple of games that are dead rubbers towards the end of the year. Are you in favour of using those games potentially to trial the starting positions or whatever it is the AFL want to put in place next year?
7: Well, instant your thoughts, guys, but I don't see the downside. I think you have to have a look at this in a serious 120-minute uh, competition with some sort of strategy thrown at it. You just can't play 15-minute practice matches at one club amongst themselves. A, a hit and giggle, if you like, and say, yeah, it looks great, let's bring it in, holeless us, us, next year. I don't think that's the way to uh, handle this. In round 22, we've got Gold Coast Suns versus Brisbane and on the Saturday night, and then on the Sunday, we've got Carlton versus the Western Bulldogs. Now, they are two dead rubbers. What happens in those games is not going to affect the eight, it's not going to affect ladder positions, it's not going to affect greatly draft order, and if it does, you know what? Lock away the draft order prior to round 22. Give these two clubs a reason to play and give the fans a reason to watch. Uh, we're all talking about the financial impact of where the game is at the moment via ratings and just, just the where it is with the fan. I think we're entitled to, to pull these games forward, get these four clubs involved and just have a look at it.
8: Totally agree. Absolutely, completely agree. I've uh, gone on record before as sort of saying I'd be horrified if we went into a complete rule change off the back of yeah, a couple of 15-minute um, mini practice games where you're not really coaching the structures as well. Um I heard a couple of the players uh, recent times on Fox Footy sort of saying, oh, it would affect the integrity of the game. Well, hang on. We've had games late in seasons where people throw uh, people out to you know, get them into hospital, you know, to get you know, start their pre-seasons earlier, to trial your kids and have yeah. a look at what you've got. So well, the,
4: the, the fixture, there's integrity around the fixture. The well, the, the integrity
8: is being questioned of those games. Tanking Any, question marks. Anyway, so... To me, to have that opportunity to be able to put that on display, I tell you, four-fifths of the competition won't be watching those games. But I I guarantee you, 100% of the competition will watch those games and those teams. I mean, they're giving up a little bit in one way, but they're getting an advantage. They're getting a a real live look look at it the other way. So I I see that
4: the AFL, uh, they know they've got a lot of work to do in, in terms of uh, how this is going to be implemented if they do it, because it could be untidy about how they, how they penalise or how, how, you know, if, if you've got two coaches coaching against it and trying to push it, they know that, that there's no simple solution to that at this stage. So, there's definitely elements that they still are unsure of and need to get right. So, this would be a great chance how, to do that. But how many but, people but, Hutto,
7: are going to watch the Gold Coast versus Brisbane round lucky <laughs> exactly. so, No, no, you'd be, it's lucky, be, to big, get, you'd be yeah. lucky to get seventy thousand. So, if we did this, yes. you, it would be one of the highest rating games for the year. No doubt.
4: What, what we will get definitely next year is six, six, and six to start at centre bounce ball ups. I think that's it's almost certain that we're going to get that.
7: Mate, Can I? That's great for about th- twelve <laughs> seconds.
4: Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Their aim is to is to do more. I tell than you, that, but... that's
7: going to have a massive impact late in game yes so so, so teams hit the front with 25 seconds to go you no longer can you flood 12 players behind the ball and and stop the opposition from scoring and that's the most heavily reviewed part of our game given the result either way every time time. it is tell me about
4: sydney uh are they vulnerable do you think that big game against north melbourne tomorrow
8: it is. Oh, look, I think they're vulnerable. I've uh, I've done virtually all their games for the for the year. I've gone up to the SCG every time they've played. That's been uh, my lot this year. And you just got to look at the numbers uh, of their midfielders. A couple of those clearly out now at the moment. But uh, yeah, Josh Kennedy well down. He didn't have a pre-season, and he just hasn't quite been able to recover to have anywhere near the consistency rankings that he's had in the past. Parker down. I mean, I'm sure that. Uh, uh, the last time they played, Jacob started on Parker and then went to Kennedy late in the game because he had been the last quarter specialist at that at that stage. So one of those two, with Karen Jack out, uh, obviously with Dan Hannibry out, one of those two's got to get locked away again on Sunday. I think they're really vulnerable, King.
7: I think the Kangaroos have. Uh have been a little bit shocked and, and surprised by what Mad Jack has been able to do down back. And it's changed the whole dynamic of how they defend now. There's less reliance on Tarrant having to be an all-Australian-type performer. Scotty Thompson's found some real form. So I think yeah, well, isn't behind the ball, they'll be able to cope with a Franklin-dominated forward line. If And if they can do that, the Swans have shown that outside of Lance... You know, Ronk's had a couple of games where he's bobbed up Parker does it from time to time But across the course of the year If you stop Franklin, you'll stop Sydney And
8: you'd, you would love to have weight in their lineup, But remember they dropped him out the last time They went to uh, the SCG and yeah. played So he didn't play in that game either yeah.
4: Can the Pies cope with the return of Darling and Kennedy and Lacroix?
7: Yeah, they, of course they can the MC, We haven't seen West Coast click at the MCG Now, in, in saying that these two have gone head to head. The last four times they've played, Collingwood have won each of the four, but three of those have been under under 20 points. So the, the margins haven't been big. It's a huge game. I, I still say that last week's coaching performance from Adam Simpson to play three rucks and do what he did with some tagging roles was the was the coach's box performance of the year. This would top it. I mean, to beat a West uh, to beat a Collingwood who are flying on their home deck, uh, it'd be some sort of performance. But. What will you get from these guys? Because they've been out for a while, Terry. Like, Darling's missed a lot of football, straight back in. Kennedy, the same. I'm just, I'm not sure they're going to be those players. Even though the magnets read the same, I'm not sure they're going to be uh, who we think they are.
8: We're agreeing too much today, King. You know, I'm always of that effect. And now uh, the boys come back in for Adelaide and did, you know, very well the the other night. But I, I sit there and sort of say normally it takes them a couple of weeks. And a couple of people have questioned about. Why did they bring them back this week when uh, they've perhaps said that they mightn't be 100%? Well, I think they're bringing them back in this week, not so much even for this game, but making sure that as quick as possible they can get themselves back to absolutely 100%. Um, I expect Collingwood to win at home, but I still think that the West Coast Eagles are the most equipped. I know they have got to be able to do it in Melbourne, but I think they're the most equipped to be able to challenge uh, Richmond, because right. they throw something different at them.
4: All right, that's it for Crunch Time. We're out of time. Next, of course, the big game, Hawthorne and Brisbane from Launceston. Crunch Time for Honda. Find your kind of value at Honda. See honda.com.au. And the TAC, Safety Barriers Save Lives, getting us towards zero.
6: G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play.
4: Play today at supercoach.com.au.
7: T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP 01005.